0: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. And today I'm going to be doing an interview with one of the team managers of a cycling team. We've had him on the podcast before Jens Gaugland of UNOX Pro Cycling and UNOX Women's Team and UNOX Dare Development Team. And is there like some like Norwegian Nordic skiing team next to that? Or is that the three teams that you have?
1: Oh, I think, yeah, as always, you did it well, Benji. Uh, I can't say we have a cross-country team yet, but we have a couple of skiers, but uh, but no team yet.
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to be talking about, you know, X-Men's team, women's team, and also some overall cycling stuff in between as well. But this video is brought to you by Zwift. Whether you're just starting out on your cycling journey or are looking for those final tune-ups ahead of a big event or race, Zwift is the online cycling platform that makes things fun. There are nine different worlds, thousands of kilometers of virtual road, including replicas of real-world climbs like Alpe Zwift. There's workouts, training plans, events, and even races for every level of rider. Zwift's massive community means you're never alone on the road. So if you want to know more about Zwift or want to start your seven-day trial for free, head to Zwift.com below. I'll start off simple. One of the most important questions that I think people have for UNOX at the moment. We know that the Tour de France 2023 is coming up in... a. Seven, eight months. And there was a bit of a, a debacle about BNB versus UnoX in 2022, who was going to take the wild card there. And eventually, unfortunately, it was to the French team. UnoX, how confident are you that you can get a wild card for the Tour de France in
1: 2023? Oh, I really would like to go to Bilbao. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, but uh, I've also learned the game a bit. You, you, don't, uh, you just don't meet up in the offices in Paris and get the yes or no. You you get um, uh, a lot of good talks, a lot of smiles, and and a nice atmosphere. But um, I'm still waiting for that uh, Christmas gift, which will probably, hopefully, be a January gift. I guess in this case, is it a bit of a
0: luck that Cavendish might end up at Astana? Because let's say it would have gotten, uh, he would have arrived at a certain other pro team that was also in the running. Would do you think you would have had uh, less success then?
1: Yeah, I think we can be pretty straight with this um huge disappointment for BMB uh, given yeah. the circumstances the last weeks and and riders out of contract and now have are left alone uh, trying to solve um uh, the future um but of course uh that opens up a, a very um attractive spot for uh, alternative teams then the next question was what will happen with uh, with Mark and and where will he go um given that the rumors are true that he is sitting on the Villiers bike now in in Spain and and will race for Astana next year uh that means that uh, he he doesn't improve the position of other pro teams uh, in the hunt yeah. for the wildcard so frankly speaking then i think the spot is open for us if we behave properly present ourselves in a in a positive way um and based on both sportive and and also other criteria i think we we should be the one selected for that spot.
0: Personally, I think so as well. But hey, they didn't ask me last <laughs> time, so I don't expect they'll ask me oh. in 2023. Um, I think you'd enjoy that they asked me, though, in 2023.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. Um... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's all you can always debate what will happen with the project of Fabian in Tudor, what will happen yeah. with, with, in the Q36.5. Uh, you also have Oskar Tell. At the end of the day, I, I know also ASU is very conscious about selecting teams that's been in the peloton for a while. Yeah. Um, and the, from the impression I have, they don't like projects just jumping in and out of their identity. Oh, okay. um, so I, I really hope that, um, that our way of doing things is, is attractive enough for a spot.
0: Okay. And like, what would be your case for the race? Because we know that Alexander Christoph is joining you. Uh, which is a, a pretty big name to join UNOX, knowing he's got the Norwegian legendary status right now. Who do you think is like more important to Norway, by the way? Christopher or Husshoft? Uh
1: That's a question <laughs> I'm not going to risk uh, answering to. Uh, what I can say, I like them both a lot. Uh, Tour has an international reputation out of this world, I would say, uh, also after yeah. his career. Um uh, he won the Worlds, uh, and then Christophe has the monuments in, in Flanders and in milan Sanremo. Uh, 89 UCI victories. Uh, let's just say I like them uh, a lot, both of them, and they are both uh, helping us out in, in the situation we have at the moment.
0: And would your case for the Tour de France be having Christophe as one of your vital riders there? And do you also consider Johannesson as like a spear point during that race? Would would it be stage wins or would it be GC? Or does that depend on how the season goes for them after Johannessen's injury?
1: Uh, yeah, I would. I would say basically, regardless of the of the situation of of uh, individual riders, we if we can go to the Tour de France, we will go there to, to to race with our hearts out. I don't think we as a pro team should go there with with GC ambition. That yeah. that that will come out as a big big bonus. But uh, we will use the riders we have um, performing at at the different stages and and be in a totally, completely attacking mode and not uh, hunt the TV breakaways. I don't care about them, but we really want to make good races. And, you know, if we can go go home to Norway with with a stage win in the first year in Tour de France, um, I can start working on my Wikipedia profile. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be amazing and also on your like on your on your netflix imdb profile as well if that, oh yeah, yeah. hopefully <laughs> that,
1: that would be great yeah thank you yeah good <laughs> suggestion good suggestion. <transition.
0: laughs> but um we spoke about the tour de france let's talk about the giro for a second lot of Sudal, a lot of destiny sorry um yeah. Belgian teams change monsters every up, week. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, Lotto rejecting their automatic wildcard for the Giro. Total, I think, has stated that they also do it, which means that it's basically adding two other spots next to the fact that I'm guessing a Bardiani will go to uh, the race, and Aolo probably will go to the race selected by um, the RCS organizers. Do you expect... Do you expect to try and go for that spot knowing you're also trying to go for the Twitter France spot? Will that be viable riding two Grand Tours in one year? Or do you expect the likes of a Q36.5, an Israel, or even a Tudor to show up for that instead?
1: Uh, I don't think we will get that spot, basically, of mm-hmm. what you said now. It's uh, locked up with Olo and Bardiano, and I think it's also further locked up with, with Q36.5 Nibali project and and Tudor uh, with Fabian, and then Koratek also coming from the side here with a new exciting yeah. pro team. So all in all, uh, tough for us to get that spot. We have a very positive dialogue with RCS, and RCS is not necessarily all about the Giro for us. We have Emilio and Sanremo and, uh, and other races there as well. Um, And to be frank, uh, for uh, us as a young team, trying to do two Grand Tours um, in one year might be too much. Um, And uh, and I realized and I've learned uh, how to read this market that that I'm kind of expecting us not to get it now in the Giro. um, And and I'm spending my energy on on making sure that we are really attractive in uh, in the Tour de France spot. So uh, I guess hopefully that's a bit of an answer.
0: No, certainly. Very much an answer. Uh, We just finished a uh, UCI point cycle. We know that Alexander Kristoff was a big point scorer in the previous cycle for Antrimachian. So is his signing for the status that he has or also because he's that good at scoring UCI points or is the combination of both?
1: Ah, a combination of both, and uh, I think again I, we will uh, we will see some changes. I think in the point system, it will come out from the UCI. I think they've uh, they had to do uh, they have to do something about it. Uh, so we, yeah. I think we can expect some adjustments there. But uh, um, I, I'm going to be pretty straightforward about that. I think the the point system. Um, like it or not, like it was pretty straightforward uh, in the uh, in the three-year cycle, and yeah. and we knew we didn't have that point uh, points to to get the license um, in this application round. But at the same time, if you look at Alexander, he gained over two thousand points uh, just in twenty twenty-two, and we had almost three thousand points. So of course, it's a huge gain for us getting a point scorer like him on board. And and you can also see the selections a lot of Destiny is doing now in terms of races next year. Yeah. Uh, the teams are starting in earlier phases to to plan for, for making the points. Um because uh, it's gonna be like this at the end of twenty twenty-five, one more time, and we have all we'll have to read uh, the articles of Raul uh in the computer twenty twenty-five <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now
0: knowing that we've spoken before about Unilex men's team being in Walter at some point in the future, is that an aim for the next cycle, and next to that, is that something you're actually adapting the calendar towards to score as many points as possible?
1: Uh, completely. Um, I think, I've, I guess we have seen the latest months and I would say the latest years. You never know what happens in cycling. Um, we are knocking yeah. on the door and I will keep on knocking on the door every year and every possible situation I have to get inside that World, uh, world Tour license store. Um, and I think also the UCI has been... Very open about us, saying that we have a, I would say a superb application. They approved everything. The only thing missing was the points. <laughs> uh, I, I would try to settle that matter in in the next three-year cycle, and 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 if earlier possible, I will do that as well. So um, it, it, there's no no discussion about it from our point of view. We will make it. It's just a point of time. Um, yeah. Question about time, and, and then um, we'll take it from there. Nice.
0: Look forward to uh, seeing the team grow and so forth. And one of the aspects of the growth is, well, there's multiple aspects to the growth, but let's talk about the formation of the team at the moment. It's very much rooted in talent from Norway and Denmark. That's the focus of it, which is logical, knowing it's such a focus marketing-wise as well for, you know, X and so forth. But um, is your plan to continue growing the pool of Norwegian and Danish talent? Because you're clearly kind of limited to the scope of Norwegian and Danish riders, or will you at some point expand outside of
1: that scope? I don't like the word limited, Benji. I mean, Norway won two world championships in, in Wollongong just uh, months ago. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, true. And, uh, but but yeah, one yeah. of them is off to jambo, eh? Ah, yeah, yes, but uh, for how long is it going to stay there? You never know. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, yeah, I think we have been very clear about that in the, in the men's group that we, we, we consider the the potential of riders good enough now from Norway and Denmark. Uh, All agents outside of Scandinavia, of course, want us to to look for riders outside of of Norway and Denmark. Um, But but so far, it's clear for us. And we continue to have our other or main core businesses in Norway and Denmark. Hence, I will stick to that plan. And um, also, if you if you look at the contract situation of Norwegian and Danish riders, the next couple of years in in, in other teams than our, um, yeah. we have a lot of exciting positions to work on and to see if we can get uh, home some of those uh, those bastards. So um, yeah, we'll see if we can do that. <laughs> um, in the women's team, the story is a bit different. i um, yeah. um, honestly speaking, it has a bit to do with quality. You can't find 16 to 20. I would say world tour ready female riders from Norway and, and Denmark. Yeah. Uh, so so in I'm trying to stick that to, to the rule of thumb of having at least half of the of the roster from from Norway and Denmark in the women's team.
0: Okay. Uh we spoke about Nordhagen there for a second and Falls winning those uh world championships and in Wollongong and so forth. Now mm. an aspect to that is they did they are currently at Yambo Visma, which is not Amazing! You would probably rather have them in your team. Why do you think X is a better team to sign for for Norwegian youngsters than Jumbo-Visma's development? That's a stinky question, I know.
1: <laughs> ah, but well, uh, first and foremost, I really respect the work of Richard and and what they are doing in Jumbo-Visma. It's a very, very good project, uh, very long term, and I think they are, uh, yeah, they're playing at the highest uh, stage at the moment. Yeah. I, I also think that. A lot of these youngsters, uh, not—it's an individual case, you know. Um, if you look at Nordhagen, he he's a very mature young rider. He made good decisions about his future, and and we also have to accept in Norway that we are losing riders to to bigger teams. We are not Real Madrid or Barcelona. We are, um, hopefully, a good version of Ajax sometimes, and and th- that's just how it is. And and at the moment, that is. That is the the pyramid in, in the system. Um, but um, being young, you know, it's a vulnerable situation. We can see all those stories uh, in social media and and from different teams about younger riders having a hard time finding their spot in the in the in the mm-hmm. circus. Um, and this is something we should respect. It's a rough sport. It's a rough world out there. And uh earning uh, earning money is not all about it right? it's it's a complete package of schools and and friends and family and and being safe and i think with our model we have a very very robust model in scandinavia taking care of our people it's not for everyone and we respect that um but i also think that we can see cases of riders coming back home to us after some years out um and then False. That, that's yeah maybe hey um, like we have a Lechnersund, we have a Wiedeberg, there's a Bustrom, it's a Hulgar, I can keep on yeah. going. Uh so and these guys they they uh, bring experience, you know. Uh, we brought back Erasmus Tiller as an example. Uh see how well he has been racing for us the last couple of years. So um as as I've always said, what goes around comes around.
0: Yeah. Now last year we had this interview before and we discussed the investments in uh, development pipelines in Norway and Denmark when it comes to, um, I think, Ringrike and so forth, like those, those club teams and so forth. I don't know the exact name of every single club team that well, you're, you're investing well. <laughs> in. Um, is there a next step in that process? Because you've got your u 23 team, you've got your club teams that you're investing in. Is there a next step in that? Can you get a junior team in between or is that those club teams? Like, What's the next step there with that development?
1: No, we can we can put another dimension to it, and uh, that's that's related to a junior race program combined with the school system in Norway and in Denmark. Yeah. For that case, um, the juniors in in Denmark have a bit of a better position than in Norway. Uh, that's something we are considering. You could see riders Nordhagen and Kulset, and those young riders they raced Valrome this year in in France in a, in a. Project supported by us and, and uh, NTGs, which is the uh, sports high school in Norway. Uh, so we have a dialogue about that. Um, but it's also, um, we are kind of uh, the one and only contributor at the moment in Norway uh, yeah. related to financials and cycling in clubs and, and schools. Uh, and I, as I've said many times, I really want some... Some more partners to to join that boat and and make sure that we continue the development because we have an extraordinary situation in Norway um, and Denmark for that that case. So uh, we will see what we can do in terms on the on the junior side um, and then maintain uh, the existing structure we had with we have with clubs and, and federations.
0: Now a bit more about the women's team for a second. We spoke yeah. about the men's team quite a lot. Yeah. With the relegation system now existing on the women's side as well. How on a scale from one to ten, how confident are you that the team can remain in World Tour? Or is it also a fact of time? It's not the biggest deal if we drop out for one year and then come back in the future. What's your view on it?
1: Uh I'm not uh it's not the biggest deal, to be honest, I think, because we have a very solid project, but uh um, confident, six, seven, depends on my mood in the morning. <laughs> uh, uh, but I would, I would say we have, we have brought on Maria Julia, uh, we have brought on uh, Anushka Koster, Amalie Didriksen. Of course, uh, there's no coincidence there. These are yeah. riders being able to pull off quite some, some points for us. Um, but it, but it's it's rough and we need really need to be quite cynical about the calendar uh, in 2023. Um, uh, we can't race all World Tour races; it's impossible. We need to find that balance between racing World Tour and, and scoring points also in, in point one uh, races. So uh, we will be more strict about where to go in 2023 than in 22.
0: No, uh, you said it. Confolonieri joining, Didrikson joining, and uh, and Koster joining together with riders like Salo growing and so forth, they can gain substantial points throughout the next season. But there's also the fact that in 2022, the three races that was won by the team were national championships. Mm. If you had to choose a race that you think you are capable of winning in 2022 with the women's team, I'm guessing you're gonna go for the ladies' Tour Norway stage.
1: Ah uh, if, if yeah that if I can <laughs> but I also love being yeah. I love Scandinavia. Uh the race there of course very important to in the development of, of cycling in Scandinavia. But uh, uh I also love being in Belgium, man. Uh <laughs> Ma- Maria Julia she came third in the Gandweb game last year and, yeah. and or this year sorry and, and Susanna seventh. So we have other options as well. Um and and also going to France for the second time. It, we had a fantastic week in, in Tour de France. Actually, we had Mia 17th in the GC, which was quite good for us, actually, in the GC. yeah. Um, so we will keep on working on that. And um, Alexandra Greenfield, uh, she has a very clear plan about uh, how to both achieve the points, but also making sure that we don't compromise the thinking of being long-term. Because... Uh, if we mess up the structure with being short-term instead of thinking long-term with these young girls and just pushing them into the point world, then um, th- this is not how we will work. Um, so we have yeah. to stay to the identity and philosophy.
0: I think so. Now, there's also the aspect that the women's world tour calendar just keeps on growing every single day. I swear that a new world tour race pops up every time I take off my socks and put new ones on. Like, you there's ch- so many- uh, Really? ah okay you know what i mean eh? you know what i mean (laughs) Uh, now i think there were like 35 in 2017 52 in 2018 71 in 2021 or 2022 Hmm. there's uae tour women's race now coming up as well like at what point is the limit reached because your team is i think the only one with 16 riders the women's team of the entirety of Walter it could be wrong. There might be one more or something. Is that the limit sixteen, right? Like I think you the can limit sign be
1: up to twenty, oh, but okay. I mean, it's it's also about the financials there in this case, yeah. you know. So um and to be honest, the limit has already re- been reached. I think we will see that the next couple of years. It's it's not sustainable at the moment, I think, in terms of the number of riders we have in the, in the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at the same time, keep in mind in, in the female peloton, in, the, in in women's cycling, we are not forced to race every world to race. So we, we need to keep in mind that, that that's a huge difference compared to, to, to the men's peloton. Um, and you can choose to use that system or not. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to make use out of it. We're going to be smart in, in where to race and where not to race. And uh, we, we can't complain about the calendar on Twitter or wherever you want to complain uh, when we are free <laughs> to race whatever race uh, we decide to race. So um, if you don't use that tool, then you then you will end up in trouble. But making sure you use that tool, you should be fine.
0: A question towards that, though. On one end, you indeed have the ability to be able to choose your races, but well, on the opposite end, you also need to score UCI points. You need to choose wisely then which races you go to, right?
1: Yeah, uh, but also a fun part of the game. I think, <laughs> It uh, yeah, but uh, as an example, look at how Arkea played it out in, in the first yeah. uh, part of 2022. They basically secured their spot. Uh, in 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 the first months of 2022, just being smarter than a couple of their competitors and 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 making sure that they uh, had five riders top ten in Bro Leon and that you were just smiles uh, the rest of the, the spring season, you know. Uh, um, as so it's also a part of being smart in uh, in terms of planning and, and making sure you find the, the right calendar for your team. Uh, that part I actually like of the system. I think that's also Um, that comes with good management and and well-planned management. Yeah, I think so
0: as well. There's certainly teams that didn't have that on their end when it comes to the men's side. Now, there's currently a limited amount of women's teams. What do you think about the size of the women's peloton right now in terms of World Tour? Should there be more than the 15 women's World Tour teams? Is that a good amount? Should it expand to 18 like the men's or not really an opinion on it?
1: Uh, I think it's just fine. I think they they have find that, uh, and it will continue to grow. When we yeah. look at the, at the media figures from from Tour de France, uh, it will continue to 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 grow a lot in in the in the years to come. I think fifteen is fine. It opens up a good uh, spot for wildcards as well. For and fifteen should be financially sustainable. I think, given the uh, license criteria from from UCI at the moment, so yeah. pretty confident about that. As long as we are not forced to race every world to race. Then I'm. Then I have to go to Twitter again. <laughs> they need to complain because otherwise,
0: yeah. <laughs> can't find enough riders, one year steam cars, and so forth for all the races.
1: But <laughs> honestly, honestly, we uh, it, we also need to take into account a lot of young girls in the peloton at the moment. Yeah, and we also know from a lot of science that young uh, uh, female riders they might need more time to to develop properly in in, in terms of just coping with the sport and and yeah. the very hard requirements of such as sport have on their body so we need to respect uh, the similarities between the men and the women but hi we also need to remember and acknowledge the differences between men and women and and good management over time is necessary from both uci and other stakeholders to make sure that that we take well care of the system
0: is that one of the reasons? The fact that we've got so many young riders in World Tour right now in the women's peloton that we don't see like U twenty three teams necessarily outside of what Valkar was, for example. Like we're we're not at the point yet where a World Tour team also has a U twenty three team. They just take U nineteen riders in their team in World Tour.
1: No, we have some. Yeah? yeah, we have some initiatives from Canyon. We have some yeah. initiative from AG Insurance. Um, yeah. But uh, no, you're right. Um, and this also makes it very important that that I cannot force World 2 races to the body of Anina solo for the complete season because that's yeah. just too much for such a young girl. Um, and, and just need to be conscious about it um, and um, I, I, I would love to see under 23 races in, in the calendar for, for uh, in women's cycling it would be very positive and hopefully we can start very soon with a world championship where you don't have to cross the line first in elite peloton to make sure that happens Yeah, that's, uh, that's
0: very true that was one thing that I hated about the, the world championships the fact that the U23 hate, hate gets a is word. a very
1: strong word Benji
0: Sorry, that's uh, one of my my deepest hates in the world was that U twenty three jersey, given being taken in that World channel. Oh, every night in my in my sleep, I just
1: uh, nightmares. Yeah, um, it's a uh, it's a step in the right direction, but hopefully we can continue making those steps into the complete uh, under twenty three race. Yeah.
0: Now a question I didn't ask when it comes to the men's team, by the way. Uh, both Johansson's had injuries.
1: Uh, I think. Yeah. Um,
0: Tobias had knee injury where it wasn't yeah. the biggest surgery apparently from the one article that I read. <laughs> yeah, and... uh,
1: they basically have similar bodies. Huh? So if you go to surgery with Tobias on his body, we just immediately call Anders <laughs> and make sure we, uh, we do, the, <laughs> do the exact same thing.
0: <laughs> and like, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to Anders, myocarditis have both gotten through their injuries or yeah. is there a more long-term effect to both?
1: Oh, that, you never know. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm going to be yeah. careful about saying that. But currently, they are both going fantastically well, I would say. Tobias is uh, yeah, he's on the top three list from, from the camp now in, in December in, in Spain. Uh, Anders is uh, just being a bit more careful based on his, his history. Uh, but at the moment, it, it's looking great for the Twins. And, and we're going to be smart about where and how to use them. Um, and and not making making sure that we um, we we don't consider them as twins in this case. We make sure that yeah. they do what they individually need uh, in the stock. <laughs> Just <laughs> both exactly
0: the same thing every single day.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, but but it's also we have seen that they when they race together they race really really good. You know. Um, yeah. Blood is thicker than water, and, and the way they raced Lavinia a couple of years ago, um, winning stages, both of them, you know, it's uh, yeah, something to be aware of. It, it's a very special bond between those two guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, let's talk about overall cycling for a second.
1: Oh, yes. Ooh, la la.
0: You like Ooh, talking la. about this on Twitter as well, um, yeah, in my sure. DMs. But yeah. um, <laughs> let's talk about the UCI for a second. Yeah. How, do you, how do you think the UCI can adapt the team application system um, to prevent events like the collapse of b hotels that we saw in recent months?
1: I understand both sides of the story because UCI also want to make sure that they do everything in their power to keep the works of staff and riders yeah. and so on. But I, And I also think that UCI has a very clear... When I get the papers in August... September from the UCI about the instructions they are very clear, these are the deadlines and I think sticking to those deadlines is very important, it's predictable for team managers, for sponsors for riders and for staff yeah. um, and the riders now left out in the dark in, in BNB, b it's a story with and, and I'm sure the UCI also feel this as a, as a rough matter you don't really yeah. have these stories so if if it's possible to make sure we don't get them, I think we should try everything in our power to do that. And and number one is to be very clear and stick to the deadlines that we have. Um, and 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 that's how it how it is. Um, I I spent I don't know how many hours ahead of the deadline, the seventeenth of October, to make sure that my teams are ready for the application. Yeah. Um, and I, it's also with about respect for the for the teams spending so many efforts to actually trying to meet those deadlines. You know.
0: For for the people that don't know, can you run us through like, like not specifically, but through all the work that needs to be done to get your application in? Because I bet there's like a, something that needs to be paid. Then next to that, you also need a lot of documentation. Is there like? Yeah, a yeah
1: list of... it, it's a pretty predictable process. You you have to provide, of course, contracts of riders and staff and bank guarantees, sponsorship contracts, a budget. Um, um, a lot of statements, uh, a lot of declarations. Um, yeah. I would, it, it, for me, it was about three hundred and fifty documents, maybe. Um, and but we have so we spent I don't know three weeks to to prepare this, uh, yeah. and, th- and then it's reviewed by the PwC as an uh, objective part on it. Uh, it's a very I would say transparent and open and good process. Mm-hmm. PwC then send the recommendation to the UCI, and the UCI uh, puts the stamp on it saying yes or no. Um, okay. and, and that's basically how it works. Uh, of course, uh, more details can be added to that. Um, but 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 we know how this process is set up, and we get information early. It's not like we are not informed about the process or its complex, complex data materials and so on. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, there are some fees to be paid, but it's not like you're emptying your pockets to do that either. Um, Yeah, so normally I would say it's a transparent process and a good process, but we need to make sure that we stay to the instructions being sent out to the teams.
0: Okay, now um, I think Gersilana of Trek, the team manager there, mentioned a potential solution to the BNB thing that you'd have the application process earlier in the year. Is that viable or is that not viable?
1: No, it's viable. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't disagree with Luka in in that case. I think it's possible to to push the deadline earlier as long as we get the information early in the season. Um, and I guess the intention of doing that is to make sure you still have a window to take care of riders yeah. and stuff, not being able to fulfill the the license criteria and then search for other alternatives. It is really. Think about the riders in in BNB b now sitting there and just doing yeah. everything in their power being able to 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 go on on two wheels uh next year right? it, 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 and you can it's not about necessarily Luca Muzzaato or, or frank bonamour or or uh, Axel Lawrence it's about those riders that that don't have those options uh, available to them you know
0: now when it comes to um just overall cycling team stuff again we've spoken about the UCI. Uh... Enough, I would say. Let's talk about Uno a bit more. Next to Christoph, you've got the likes of Magnus Coulson joining from the Uno their Dare development team. Uh, Sander Hansen as well. Fredheim, pretty solid sprinty guy as well. Coulson yeah. being more the climby type that we saw at Tour of the Alps, I think, got up 30 in GC, if my memory serves me right. Then uh, Ben, it ben does Nixon always does. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I prepared. <laughs> uh, I, I signed Fredheim in like uh this video game during the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like all, all on top of it when it comes to Fredheim. <laughs> uh,
1: he makes but, me uh, nervous. I, I need to work up. he needs to uh, just behave a bit better uh, than uh, he did yeah. a couple of uh, sprinting stages in Lankavi, but he he, he has he has this uh, sprinter set that uh, we need just to contain a bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh <laughs> very young and exciting prospect for our system
0: now is obviously the the big name signing. Yeah. But are you expecting stuff from the likes of Magnus Us in in next season already or is that more a long-term process?
1: Ah, Magnus will need some more time. He is yeah. some years ago he also had a very very he has a very special history of of having a, a rough crash um oh, he yeah, spent yeah. quite some time on on off the bike <laughs> recovering from that. Uh but he he will uh, he will do well in in uh, in the climbing part of the team, uh, and then we have, as you said, we have Ben Dixon coming on. We have Sonder Hansen. We have uh, uh, Fredheim. Um I would say quite quite similar prospects, uh, mm-hmm. all-rounders, uh, just putting more engine into the system, more robustness yeah. into it. And and then you have Alex, as, and that's a different story. It's about being a quite unique role model for for. Um, all of my young guys, I have quite a lot of them, and, and they need to see what's what's needed to, to stay at the level of making sure you have uh, 89 UCI victories.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Now, final question. Alexander Kristoff, destined to be great next season. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the UNOX Colors. I've tweeted it last, uh, last ah, I've week seen or it.
1: something. I've seen it. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> is there a plan after a cycling career for Kristoff at the team? Is there already conversations about a potential star role in the future? Is that something that might come later towards the end of his contract?
1: Uh, no. And okay. I think if you yeah. ask Alexander or asks his wife uh, <laughs> or kids, he has four of them, twins actually also. yeah. Uh, I think that Alexander has been pretty clear about he wants to go full gas. This is not a retirement plan in UNOX to the end of yeah. his career, which is three years down the road probably. Um, and, and then I think he will spend his, his energy on, on a couple of other things. Uh, he has other interests, uh, I think, outside of cycling as well. Um, so I would say from my first guess, I, w- I don't see him ending up in a sports director's car. Uh, yeah. But you never know when, when you guys from the media call or any other options he might have. Uh, but at the moment, right racing full gas three years, and then I think he will uh, try to relax the engine a bit. Yeah.
0: He's allowed yeah. to after that career. Oh, now, indeed, indeed. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Uno X in the next season. I'm also very much looking forward to seeing Alexander's uh, twins in the their development team in a few years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It's a part of the recruitment strategy, you know. We also have uh, Eleanor Barker and Kasper Foolsack has, has already yeah. have already made their first one, so it's all it ties back to the making sure we get new generations up.
0: Yeah, you know what they say, the Tour de France victors always get younger with Pogacar and so forth. At at some point, we're going to get a 14-year-old (laughs) Kristoff winning a a stage somewhere. Anyway, it was great having a... Sorry? Likewise,
1: Benji. Likewise. And uh, yeah, let's hope the UCI make sure that that that, that does not happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, certainly. Imagine having cycling agents talking to (laughs) 14-year-olds.
1: I think we already have. I'm sorry to tell. Yeah, probably. No.
0: Anyway, thank you very much for the conversation, Jens. We had it last year. We have it this year. Guess we have to have it next year.
1: Hopefully, and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Benji. And um, enjoy your your time off. Hopefully, on the on the rollers.
0: You as well. And I can't wait for the invitation to the pre Ronde van Vlaanderen meeting. In uh, what was it Aardenburg or was it close to Audenard the last year? I was year? in
1: Vistte in our service course. We are already started to plan for it for next year. I just need the wildcards, cards. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly very much looking forward to
0: meeting you when we're live at some point but that's it for today thank you very much for everyone for listening Cheers, and uh, we'll have other guests on in the future we'll have other podcasts coming up pretty soon so uh, that's it ciao